0: What's up, everyone? I'm your host JJ Rivera, and welcome to 305 Culture, a podcast where you feel the heat. Now let's get down to business and talk some Miami Heat
1: basketball. Hey, hoopheads! We appreciate you listening to this episode of 305 Culture. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavaliers Central, Knuck If You Buck, Daily Thunder. Spanning the Spurs, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, the Wizards Hoops Analyst, at the buzzer, and Lakers fast break. Plus, our coaching-focused podcasts: Drive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, The Hoopheads podcast. Hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, hoop heads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash to learn more. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com.
0: Support for the 305 Culture Miami Heat Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code HEAT20. That's heat 2 at manscaped.com. Now imagine shaving with a sleek, well-designed and optimized trimmer that makes shaving time your favorite time in the bathroom. I'm actually one of the first people to try the new 4.0 and I'm absolutely blown away by the performance because the craftsmanship and the details on this baby are next level. Now, back before I used the first, the Lawnmower 4.0, I used to use, you know, a regular old razor and there were comfortable situations where I cut myself and there was bleeding and it was really painful, but now... With Manscape, my confidence is way up. There, is, there are no cuts, and the experience is absolutely smooth. Manscaped engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and an incredibly comfortable grooming experience. Their fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. I now full, feel fully confident shaving my boys. This upgraded trimmer includes a multi-function on-off switch that can engage a travel lock. It also gives you the ability to turn the LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. The Lawn Mower 4.0 even allows you to customize your trim through additional guard lengths with sizes 1 through 4. Oh, and did I mention that there's wireless charging? The new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction which can help the battery lamp last longer. Listen man, if you've been shaving with the same nut trimmer on your face, you've been doing it wrong. No person wants to end up with pews in their mouth. Yuck. It's time to get your own ball hair and body trimmer with Manscaped to make me time the best time and enhance your confidence with some nice, smooth boys. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code HEAT20 at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off on free shipping with the code HEAT20. That's H-E-A-T 20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use HEAT20 Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. What's up everyone? I'm your host JJ Rivera and I'm joined as always by my co-host Kenneth Wilson and welcome to 305 Culture, a show where you feel the heat. Now let's get down to business and talk some Miami Heat basketball. Well this week we've got some exciting news. Our two main guys, Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler, they made the All Defensive Second Team and we. I think they was well deserved for both players. We have some disagreements with the picks, but how do you feel about about this Kenneth?
2: um I mean, as far as everything goes, man i I like that they made the all defensive team. however, um, you know, as you said, we have disagreement, we feel that they should have been higher than they were. um, you wanna go over the teams first before we dive too deep into that,
0: yes. So on yeah, the man. first, oh, on the okay, on the first scene we have Giannis Kumpo, Rudy Gobert, Draymond Green filling out the front court, and Drew Holiday and Ben Simmons filling out the back court. I agree on with the, every pick oh, except for Giannis. Let's go on the second. Let's
2: give them all out first. So on the second team you have Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, Joel and Kawhi Leonard, and Matisse Thiebel. Um. Okay. So what were you about to say about the first team? Well, the first team, I think, is
0: pretty on point. I I, I don't know. Draymond Green was a pick for my all-defensive teams, but I don't remember if I had him either first. I think I had him second team because I had both Jimmy and Bam on the first team. But Draymond Green deserved it. However, I think Giannis should have been second team and Jimmy Butler should have been the first team. First off, let's get the... The obvious one out of the way. Jimmy Butler led the league in steals. He was an integral part of the Miami defense. He was, he was the engine that made us go. It was apparent for anyone who watched the games. The stats back it up. And I'm not saying I'm not saying Giannis had a bad year. I'm just saying that he didn't have an all defensive first team caliber year. Now, Bam, you know some might just some, you know, view who might agree with him making the second team. I felt he should have been first team, but I'm fine with him making second team. I don't feel strongly in that department as much as Jimmy Butler not making the first team. So I want to know how you feel about the first team. Um, I don't take it from a first team perspective,
2: second team perspective, specifically with this team. This is how I'll approach it. The 10 guys that were chosen for the teams, I agree with the 10 guys. Let's start there. Um. Although right, Giannis didn't have as good a defensive year as he has had, but he was still a good defender for his team. And a lot of people feel to realize Giannis really isn't like a great man on defender. He excels. Like his level of help defense and his ability to help his team or help the helper is so great that it's just elite. Like it makes his it makes the team go. He can clean up. All of the other stuff, if you just guide most of the players to a, different, to a certain place on the floor. And Rudy Gobert is the same way. Um, with that being said, neither of those guys specifically are the defenders that the other three guys on the first team have been this year. If not for uh, Draymond Green and Golden of course, Draymond Green on one side and then Steph Curry making all the baskets on the other side. But as far as the defense, from a defensive perspective, Draymond Green was what made Golden State tick defensively. And if you look at Golden State coming down the stretch, they played some hell defense. So um, you give him the nod there, especially when, you know, Wiseman had the injury issues as well as the simple issues of being able to perform at a high level. So. Draymond Green, you know, was still the anchor that he has been throughout the course of his career, so I think he deserves to be there because he guarded everybody man up, and he was also a great help defender, and he was the reason that, like I said, they ticked. Um, Drew Holiday was the difference, or has been the difference in the Milwaukee Bucks thus far. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks, I would say, are a different team than they are than they were in the previous couple of seasons when they were supposedly one of the best teams in the league because of what Drew Holiday offers. Not only, you know, everybody likes to mention the offense that he offers as opposed to um, Eric Bledsoe, more consistent from that perspective, but it's also the size, the sheer physicality, his ability to lock up guys across multiple positions and the fact that you can count on that um, on a night in and night out basis. So I think just his value...
0: He's much more switchable than, than Eric Bledsoe. And Absolutely, the, he's bigger. And with the Bucks deploying a more switch, switchable defense, he was integral to
2: that. Yeah, he so, was bigger, man. I mean, so that allows him to, like you said, bounce along to the wings. And not only can he bounce along to them, but he's actually adept at you know, shutting wings down too. So, yeah, I mean, he just offers you more, but... I think his value is illustrated by the fact that bringing him in took them to a totally different level. And, um, I mean, this is something we'll get to a little later, but they still haven't handled their business. But the sheer fact that they had the toughness to pull back within the series like they have um, that they're in with the Brooklyn Nets shows you that they're a little bit more tougher mentally as well as physically than they have been. Lastly, Ben Simmons, who doesn't shoot the ball. Um he's still an elite player based off what he does defensively. I mean, Ben Simmons grabs you crazy boards. He can defend your best player. He can play in the paint. He can be the center of your defense. He can anchor you. Um, he can get out in transition, get in the passing lane. I mean, the man is elite, and he gets his points off of defense. So I, I'm not mad at that either. He's 6'10", and he moves like a guy half his size. Um, And he tries as hard as hell. So it's not the eye popping or, you know what I mean, leading the league in steals as Jimmy Butler with Ben Simmons. It's just if you're watching the game, the man's everywhere and he's making all of the defensive plays. And he's one of those guys where his defensive plays are game changing and impacting. So you see it all of the time. So I think he definitely deserves it. Um, I said all of that to say, again, I agree with the 10 guys that are there, but I would move Giannis and Rudy Gobert down to the second team. And of course, bump our two guys up. I think the Bam Adebayo, he's also one of those players where what he does goes kind of unspoken because he does it everywhere. He's not just one of those guys. Um, as we spoke about with Drew Holiday or even looking at Rudy Gobert, that kind of locks her center down or helps off on the big guys, or whereas Drew Holiday locks down one of your perimeter guys. Um. Ben Simmons and Bam Adebayo, they don't lock down one guy because they're every freaking way. They do everything. So I think that, you know, Bam Adebayo should have been ranked high in the final defensive player of the year award rankings. And I also think he should have been first team because of that. You touched on it with Jimmy Butler, led the league in steals. He's one of the parts, um, the whole motor that makes us go, always in the passing lane. He turns his defense into offense. Um, He should have also been first team. But again, the 10 guys that they chose, they were right.
0: I think, now that I, I said my whole spiel, give me a retort. I will say I was a bit surprised to see Kawhi Leonard there instead of OG Onanobi. I mean, not not this is not a slight against Kawhi Leonard. He's an incredible mm-hmm. player as he's showing us Absolutely. In, in these playoffs. I guess I just value OG's foot switchability. And I know the Raptors had a bad year, but it's just that OG... The the value that he brings on defense. If if the Raptors had a a semi respectable year, if they had made the ninth seed, I think he would have earned the spot because he was brilliant. I'm a I if if people haven't noticed, I'm a I'm an OG Truther. I love OG.
2: Absolutely. I'm gonna tell you here's where here's where I'll give it to you, and I and I agree with you. Um, I think that Kawhi has just as much switchability. However, I think he gives you. Four times as much as OG gives you on offense right now, not from a pure production, but from a when you can do it and who he does it against um, perspective. But also, here's the other thing that separated Kawhi and OG this year: Kawhi played and started in 52 games. OG played and started in 43.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a big equalizer for Kawhi. That's that, ma- that, matters. that matters especially. That, listen, this year everybody missed games, right? I, so I guess it came down to who missed less games.
1: It, also,
0: played more. Exactly. Also, shout out to Matisse Steibel. The guy who only played twenty minutes a game, and he 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 was so incredible on defense that he. But he's clearly a top three, four perimeter defender in the I league. Clear. I would name him a top three perimeter defender. And the fact that yeah, the Sixers, you. I... The fact that the Sixers have two of the top three perimeter defenders in the league are. <laughs> It's a, it's incredible.
2: I mean, we'll we'll touch on that later, and I don't want to step on our own toes too much. But think about it, bro. You have two of the top three, like you said, perimeter defenders. Um, stick Joel out there. Let him get you 40. Tell Tobias, go get you another 25, and let those two guys play defense, and you always got a shot.
0: The, the roster construction for the Sixers, particularly on defense. Also, something I noticed, Kenneth, seven of the 10 players named come from three teams only the sixers are have three players here with joel and matisse Steibel, and ben simmons the miami heat have two and the milwaukee box have two as well so that's that's pretty interesting the other three are rudy gobert dream on green and Kawhi leonard from the jazz warriors and clippers respectively so that was that was pretty interesting because as some people have pointed out, no Knicks players and no Lakers players. Now I will say, those those scenes were particularly more ski. The defense was more. Listen, the players have to execute their scheme. Obviously,
2: right? But you, you don't
0: don't don't don't
2: don't trip yourself up. Go ahead, come on with it. You were just about to say it. Come on, come on. It's
0: more. It's more. I guess it has to do more with the coaching. Listen, the man,
2: you're talking about yeah. Vogel. And you're talking about um, Thibodeau. You
0: you, you were scared
2: to say it, JJ. Come on now. Yeah, it's Vogel and Tibbs, man. They're defensive guys. They don't have to have great defenders for those teams to be great defensive teams because that's what those guys coach. If you look back to Tibbs with the Bulls and Vogel with the Pacers, they've always been defensive teams. Like Paul George didn't start to become playoff P, PG-13, shoot him up, bang, bang until the end of his Pacers tenure because, to be honest with you, for the beginning of it, um, even as his emergence as a player, he was a wing defensive stopper, um, which is why he's just developed this elite two-way tag, even though his defense has kind of – he hasn't fallen off the face of the earth, so I hate to use falling off, but his defense hasn't been as good as it was early on
0: in his career, later on in his career. Um, well, early crazy. on he was an all-defensive caliber player. Right he had right now, so he right now he's that, still solid he's, but maybe not at that level.
2: Right, not as good. No, not as good. But that also speaks back to the fact that that's what Vogel coach like you're looking at David West, you're looking at um
1: they had Roy Hibbert, Roy
2: Hibbert. they had uh who was the George point Hill. guard on that team? George Hill. Yeah, George Hill. They they you know what I mean? They had uh Danny Granger for a while. Um they wanted to lock you up, defend you, Lance stevenson um, that was their whole calling card when they were playing the big three. They wanted to hold a big three under 95 points and try to beat them up that way. And, it's, of course, we know how it goes with Tibbs. Tibbs ran his players into the ground so that when they came on the court, they could grind you into the
0: ground defensively. So that that's, like you said, man, more scheme than anything. But, you know, all players will deserve – shout out to Clint Capella and Mikhail Bridges. They didn't make it, but they – had excellent years
2: um i won't i won't i won't go mikhail bridges because yeah he did have an excellent year and i think what they got going on out there in phoenix is going to um propel him to something bigger um and he'll eventually get his flowers on that end he's gonna get a lot of money at
0: some point so i i guess that's as good as rewards to him on By the way- other guy though I don't know when his what? extensions do, but he's gonna get a big extension soon.
2: Oh yeah. He's oh yeah, he's definitely gonna get a lot of money. One not only, you know, is he earning it flat out with his ability to play, but it's just the type of guy that he is, um, they're highly sought after. Three and D guys, and he's a three and D guy of the highest caliber, um, those guys get paid. Um and he's actually able to become a restricted free agent in
0: 2022. It looks like uh this, should, this summer he should be there should be contract extension talks then. Right,
2: qualifying offer. The qualifying offer would be 7.5 million. I'm not sure. But it says he can become a restricted free agent in 2022, so I'm not sure if they offered him the qualifying offer. Hmm. In any event. He's rookie extension eligible, and that would be five years, one hundred and sixty-eight million. That's the max for him, right? Yeah, Out of the- He's gonna get. He's not- he he's gonna get five and a hundred.
0: I guess five and a hundred. I would I would feel he's comfortable paying. He's,
2: he's he's yeah he's gonna get between eighteen and twenty. Because yeah. of what he does, man, he shoots the ball well. He can drive it. But he's a lockdown defender that also gives you stuff in other areas. Like he's a if 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 he's a baseball guy, he's a five two player. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. He's gonna get he's gonna get a lot of money. So good yeah, he's him. gonna get a lot of money. So shout and out to him. Just what? imagine so go Just back. imagine let me cut cut you off real quick. Just imagine Look, go if, ahead. Was, no, go ahead. if the Sixers had, hadn't traded him because he was heading to Man, Philly.
2: They traded him for a bag of peanuts, man.
0: So they traded him man, for a bag of peanuts. They could have deployed Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, and Matisse Thibault at the same time. That would have been hell. Wow, wow, Think about
2: that defensive lineup. So here's what they traded for him. Um, they traded him to the Suns for Zaire Smith
1: and Who's Miami's
2: unpro- huh? Who's not in the league? Isn't it the league right?
0: No, he's. I think he's out of the NBA completely. Completely. He's probably the, wow. I think he's in the G league or out out of it completely. Well,
2: yeah, that's what I thought. I thought he played in the D league, if I'm not mistaken. But they traded him for Zaire Smith and Miami's unprotected 2021 first round draft pick. Ironically enough, which is this year.
0: Hmm. Which I, hmm. that pick that pick has changed hands. So
2: yeah, man. A lot of people have had that pick. That pick is
0: that pick is the girl that nobody wants to dance I've lost, with anymore. I think you know belongs I mean. a, it belongs to the it belongs to the Thunder right now. I believe, or to the right. But Rockets. it can be an
2: awfully high pick. It's probably like between 15 and 20.
0: Probably. So, and
2: in, in based on who you said has it, the Thunder or the Rockets, it'll probably get packaged into another deal and flip for something else here shortly. Yeah. So, that pick has changed hands quite quite a lot. Quite a bit. Um. Okay. So, to get to my original point before we move on, listen, man. I, I hear you giving Clint Capella his flowers. And I I was on the Clint Capella bandwagon earlier. He's a rebounding shot blocking fool. But listen. I I would be mad at this point if he was on one of the all defensive teams because what Joel Embiid is doing to him is
0: it, it it's criminal. I mean Joel Embiid does I mean, that to and say for Marcus though, Marcus, know, is, the Marcus, Marcus is the only guy I've seen. Marcus is the only guy I've seen. Who's been able to consistently stop Joel Embiid? That was what two two years ago.
2: It's and not beside... even about stopping him, though, JJ. It's he's just making he's making Clint Capella look like a kid. Like I mean, he he puts the chest into him one time, and Clint Capella flails all around the court. I mean, he runs right through him. Clint Capella's pump faking and up and him, and Joel Embiid isn't even jumping to block the shot. He's in his mind, man. He's physically imposing himself on him. And then Man. he's done that to the point where he's just mentally thrown the heck off. He can't compete because he has Joel Embiid on the
0: brain. And keep in mind, Joel Embiid is playing with a partially torn meniscus. Right.
2: Joel Embiid playing with a half flat wheel.
0: I will so say it, though, can't? Kenneth, I'm gonna disagree Go with your original point. This is a regular season award. Sure, in the playoffs, Beats and beats tossing him around like a rag doll, right? But he was so great in the regular season,
2: right? Dead. But okay, and I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that. What this does is make me look at it and say, is he getting so many rebounds and blocking so many shots because he's that great a defender, or is he doing that because Atlanta is allowing that many possessions? And now that I see him defend. And even defending on the rim, he isn't. He hasn't been awesome like he was in the regular season. And get in 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 granted, having to go against Joel Embiid or do that to you, but he wasn't really awesome in the Knicks series either. If you ask me, I think it was merely a fact that Atlanta allows the other team that has to have a ton of possessions, which provides the opportunity to block a lot of shots and grab a lot of rebounds. I don't know if he's that great of a
0: defender. And listen, in the regular season, the competition pool is vast. There are a lot of bad teams out there or teams that just simply do not match up well against your team on any given night. So now the playoffs competition pool gets it's much stronger. They played the Knicks. Who they, by, by the way, they did a particularly great job defending Julius Randle, although I think Randle might've gotten a bit into his head. But that's- Yeah, I think
2: he was just pressing a little
0: too much. That's more on Randle than it is the Hulk defense. But still, the fact that Joel Embiid is tossing him around is, is something, its something. It's, it's, I think it's an indictment on him. I mean, but
2: can you agree? Because he's literally tossing him around.
0: Yeah. So, also, something I saw on the, on the timeline. Tonight, the All-NBA teams are going to be announced. So, I hope our guy, Jimmy, makes one. He has to, right?
2: He has to, right?
0: He I mean there isn't a world where Jimmy can't make one of the all NBA teams, right? I I think he I had him in my second team. He if he doesn't make at least a third team, I think there's an issue there. The only re- the only excuse I'm willing to hear is the amount of games he missed, which I can at least listen to you if you tell me that. But due to his quality of play, no. He was outstanding. Right. Tell me, tell me,
2: I'm going to ask you to tell me 14. No, actually, because, you know, five and three teams, I'm going to give you all 15. At that point, I'm going to tell you to tell me 15 more players who impacted the game and their team's chances of winning more than Jimmy Butler. And who were available because, you know, this right? season it was. Right. Agree. Agree to go back to the point we made about Kawhi and OG and why that may have happened like that. That's a totally
0: agreeable point. I can't argue with that. So, I believe that Jimmy's gonna be named. Realistically, I think he's gonna end up on the third team due to the games missed and how Miami, you know, Miami was how they fare. Yeah, how was slightly disappointing this year, but that was right, due to injuries, fair. COVID. Mm-hmm. We were banged up all season long. That's Absolutely. why I said I said on the previous episode the early elimination was kind of a blessing in disguise we get to rest we get to recalibrate so i'll let you say that i might believe it but i won't say it <laughs> well i'll take the fall for that because i truly believe it's true because okay honestly what if we went out in and, and somehow beat the bucks oh brooklyn would be up
2: 16 to 0 on us right now is it We're can you take th- a game can you take can you take a series 16 games? Because they would have won sixteen of them by now. I mean, did you see what they did to the Bucks in the first two games,
0: brother? That was particularly that game too. That was ugh.
2: I mean let's talk, let's talk about thing. that series a bit. Yeah, okay.
0: Let's talk about that series for a bit. The Milwaukee Bucks and the Brooklyn Nets are currently tied at, at two games apiece, with game five set to be played tonight in Brooklyn. James Harden will report we return to the lineup tonight and it's, the
2: report was actually um just dropped five minutes ago according to Woj, that kyrie's likely out for the series says that the nets are preparing to be without Irvin for the rest of the buck series after he sprained his ankle um in sunday's game
0: so there's yeah, that I, as soon as i saw as soon as i saw him twist twist his ankle like that I knew he was gonna be out for Oh hard. yeah
2: man, he laid that thing down. He laid it down.
0: Because I something I'm not comparing myself to a professional athlete, especially an NBA player, but I tweaked Here my we ankle go. like Here I, tweaked we my, go. I tweaked my ankle like that once. And it was a whole month that it took me to come back. Obviously maybe Kyrie so might you, come back a couple of weeks did earlier. Did you have a game against a Giannis level athlete a week later? No. No
2: <laughs> I'm just asking I'm just asking my bad, maybe I don't know for comparison's sake I was just you know,
0: but I know how what it takes to come back from a ankle sprain of that severity because it looked really bad, he couldn't get up, and the fact that he was in crutches after the game just after the game that's an alarm because listen when you're when your your body's all warm after after you playing, it doesn't hurt that much it's when you settle down sit down and that and that's when it's get gets really bad so best wishes to Kyrie if the nets end up advancing to the Eastern Conference finals i guess he can come back by that point maybe not by game 1 on we we'll have to see how much this series gets extended i expect it to at least get i think the series goes to 7 because one, Kevin Durant won't let the Kevin Durant won't let the the Nets down without a, go down without a fight. He's one of the greatest scores of all time. James Harden. It's so weird to see a guy come back just ten days removed from a hamstring injury, particularly a relapse like James Harden had, and be as effective as he was. Hamstrings are as we have seen historically with players, hamstrings are very tricky to deal with. And that hamstring has been bothering James Harden for, what, two months now, right? Mm-hmm, give or take. So that's a bit worrying. And it's really weird because James Harden is, was as durable as they come. He was up there with LeBron James in terms of durability for the last, past, what, the past couple of seasons, right? I would say five, six seasons, man. Um, I think if you
2: look at, let me see. Just, I want to be precise because I think he did miss a little time. Hold on, I think he did miss a little time. However, um, he hasn't missed anything significant for that. Like, if you look at his injury history,
1: it's I think he never existed. had.
2: Yeah, he's basically never had anything more than, you know, a strain or, like, he had a eye injury, uh, toe injury, things like that. Like, he's never had, that's why I say, like, for the last five, six years, um, he's consistently, you know, played. Um, so, it, for the most part, you know, he's taken even, and he's even been a guy that will play when he's had some things going on, like, you know, they were at a point where games didn't matter in the season or they had already had their playoff scene locked up or something like that, he would take games for certain things and kind of rest certain things. For the most part, James Harden plays. Um, just to kind of reference that real quick, it brings up an interesting fact. Let me take a look at something here. If you look across his last, let's go five years, uh, shoot, he played in – Okay, we'll go since 2016-17. He played in 81 games. Then 72 games in 17-18, 78 in 18-19. 68 uh, uh, last season. um, And they only had 72 last season, right? I believe so. Or a little yeah, less. Yeah, the only thing... Right. But either way, he played in 68 of them. So that was, you know, he plays in most of the games. And then this year he's only played in 44. But that's what I would say um, the difference is with this year. He typically plays, bro. Like he plays. He hasn't played this year. He's taken too many breaks this year. And it started when he was trying to get out of Houston. Um, And I think that set him back because soft tissue injuries – are all about
0: doing things before your muscles are ready to do them. Do you think um, it... Ha- I'll... Let me throw something out there. Do you think it has anything to do with them showing so out of shape to the Houston yes, Rockets? Yes,
2: yes, yes. That's what I mean. All of that. Because, see, the reason... And in, in all of that was... All of that was... What's the word? Meticulously calculated in that Here's the thing. Bro just showed up two weeks behind on his personal thing. So what he probably does is he probably goes into a certain mode at a certain time before the season started. Right. And that usually has him looking like he's looking and getting himself into a certain set of shape as the, you know, camp winds up. The season is set to tip off, whatever, whatever. But he probably was like, look, I want to get up out of here. So I'm going to start that two weeks late. Meaning the media is gonna be able to cover me while I'm rounding into shape. So I'm gonna look puffy and fat for a while. I'm not gonna look like myself for a while. So yeah, I'm gonna look exactly like the message I wanna send, but by the time I do get what I want, I'm still only a week away. You see what I'm saying? (laughs) Cause that's basically basically what happened. Yeah. Like he got what he wanted. Everybody was saying, hey, he's fat, he's out of shape. And then as soon as he got ready to get traded, he bust off the weight vest. Like, "Mm -mm, no, I'm not. Um, I'm actually cut. And the first time we seen him in a Brooklyn uniform,
0: he was as skinny as KD was. I mean, how long did – I think he only played a month with Houston, right? This season. Right. He played eight games. Right before that press conference where it just basically got unsolvable and you couldn't keep him around any longer. Exactly. And that was when he was getting to the
2: point where he – And at that point, he's usually all in at the season, but he was still a week or two away. Now, in all of that, coming in out of shape, having to be that sporadic, and then with the transition, having to get adjusted, and then everything that came with COVID, the COVID protocols and all of that choppiness and all the different, you know what I mean, things that got added to the routine in the mix. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that we didn't have to do them because safety first and COVID, you know, protocol and everybody's health and everything above everything else. I was just saying the mere fact that they happened added extra stuff to the game, which, you know, basically took away from the typical ramp-up period that he was able to do with his body and everybody else. Because if you look across the league, that whole hamstring thing, that's why it's running rampant, not only with the, you know, volatile schedule based off um, coming off of the bubble last season, but also because a lot of guys, man, um, their schedule or the routine and play that they're used to having from season to season – has been so tweaked this year that their bodies didn't adjust like they should have or, you know, they didn't uh, do it right. It's, it's, you know, even if you look at Spider Mitchell, who was out for some time with something, you know, he had to use that period to, right. It was even our ankle though, man, like all of these injuries, I'm not saying that that could have been prevented. But if you look at it, all of the injuries happen at times now where they gave the athletes time to recalibrate usually those injuries will happen at the beginning of the season or right before the playoffs started. You see what I'm saying? Whereas and you had to... a lot of them occurring.
0: Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to mention the condensed season because this season was not right. There were a lot of games packed in.
2: The volatility and the timing of it made it so all of these injuries happen in the midst as opposed to in one particular section or not. Because usually you have a before all-star break, after All-Star Brick, true feeling. All-Star Brick just felt splatted in the middle of some stuff this year, and it all feels like one thing. And that's why the injuries have seemed so much more dramatic, because it seemed
0: so much more
2: together than it typically does.
0: Yeah, it was – I just hope that next season – I don't know how long we're going to be feeling the after effects of this condensed season, but and I just hope – I'm glad
2: you touched on it. And that that goes into that recalibration, though, like for the teams like us, which is why I said it earlier. And I still won't say it out loud, even though I'll you know kind of say it, I agree with you. The rest is good for us because it allows us now to recalibrate. Like, so the season will be back to, quote unquote, regular starting times next year. Well, this allowed us to take a common break start your ramp back up, your workout period, start getting back into shape at a regular interval when your body was used to doing that routine, which is how you've been doing it forever, which is how you prevent injuries and properly condition and get yourself in shape.
0: Yeah, I think those points, again, that goes back to the original point I mentioned, are blessing in disguise. And I just hope that James Harden doesn't re-injure himself because then he could be out for a much more extended period of time, maybe. Absolutely, absolutely. It's, 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 it's catch-22, man. If he tweaks
2: it again, he might not play the rest of the playoffs. Now, to get to the thing that brought us to this point, and with all of that said, if Jane, if two of those guys can play, the Bucks can't beat them. So, we know Kyrie's out this series. That's what Woj broke early, according to the report that I read earlier during the show. So... It won't be Kyrie, but if they can keep James Harden in along with Kevin Durant, the Bucs can't beat him. Now, even with just one of them, the Nets have a shot because they're that potent offensively.
0: But if it's two of them, the Bucs can't beat them. Hmm. I won't say they can't beat him because we have to see how uh, what percentage is James Harden at. I don't expect him to be 100% he it's, it's almost impossible for him to be at a hundred percent after ten days after reinjuring his hamstring. But I will say though that their chances that their chances of advancing increase exponentially and I would favor them over the Bucks who advance. However, if the Bucs I wanna I wanna touch on this because I think the Bucks they play well in their home or two home games. Uh, particularly in, in game four. But there are some things offensively that the Bucks are doing that I just cannot cannot wrap my head around. I am not. you know. Sometimes I just see Giannis come up and shoot a three. Which if I'm Steve Nash, I'll just stop the game, go right up to him, and shake his hand for for basically doing my job, doing my job, making my job way easier than it should be. Because the answer is right there for the box offensively. Use Giannis as a screener. Take the ball, to, you know, have Drew Holiday or Chris Middle to initiate the pick and roll with Giannis as a screener. And the Nets basically have no answer for that. Blake Griffin, surprisingly, has been able to stay in front of Giannis, has been able to front him in some possessions, but that's in isolation. They should move away from isolation ball completely because. Uh, the few times that the Bucks have executed those same plays that I've mentioned, the Nets simply do not have an answer. Nick Claxton, he cannot stay he cannot he's not strong enough to contest Giannis at the Giannis at the rim. Blake Griffin is too small. Jeff Green, he's neither too he's neither as strong or as tall as required to stand in front of Giannis at the rim. And then you've got Chris Middleton operating at the mid-range area. And I don't know why the why the Bucks are running the offense the way they do. Also thank, thank goodness we have they cut down on the Jeff Teague minutes from game one because that was <laughs> I I didn't know what to say. It was, you know, people on Twitter were the same old Bud. but also the Bucks players, they're smart enough to know what, what works. I don't think this is necessarily Buds doing, it's more everybody on the team that should be more adept on offense, attacking a, I'll I'll say a a weak Nets defense. That was something. That was quite a lot I said there, Kenneth. I don't know if you agree with most of those points, but I feel like the Bucks, they have made this series closer than they should. You know, at least on the on the Nets home floor, there were some things that they just needed to fix, which they kind of did on their, on their own floor. But I want to see how they react in Brooklyn tonight. I mean, I do agree with you, man. I think that, and to kind of tie a ball around this so
2: we can touch on some other, the other series for the shows over here. Um, I think that they can, you know, afford or provide themselves more opportunities by attacking inside. But I see what they're doing. Um, they're not going to win by allowing Giannis to beat the Nets. In order for them to beat the Nets and win the title, everybody's going to have to eat, and everybody's going to have to be able to eat big. So in order for them to do that, they have to keep the paint unclogged. Well, if Giannis just does his thing or if they put him in a lot of pick and roll, you can kind of clog the paint. Um, and again, I wish Giannis would take less threes. Um, but at the same time, I see what's going on. But I don't disagree with you. I I don't know. I don't know. That's the point, I can see both sides. I don't know which is best, so I'll leave it there um quickly, man, since that series is over. uh, Phoenix was the better team. I honestly got them as the favorites to win the whole thing at this point, but what do you think about the whole you know Jokic getting ejected? Do you think that was
0: right uh listen i'm not I wouldn't have ejected him first off. he's the m v p of the league. I know that that sounds unfair. He's the MVP You're in an, el- an elimination game. Just call a flag- flagrant one and move on. However, I will say I can see it from the ref's point of view. Because the windup, that was just so inexcusable from his part. The fact that he, that the windup, and he, I know he wasn't aiming for campaign's face, but he caught him. And that's the fact of the matter that the refs, when you catch somebody on the face, it looks really bad, and it looked even worse with the intention that he was absolutely gonna foul him, but I know he wasn't aiming for his nose, but the fact that he hit him on the nose and the fact that he did it so viciously, it was the name on the coffin, and what it was just that was a i guess there was a mercy killing because you know they they just threw him out of the game, and the I turned it off after that. I was this game's over. The series is over. It was over before then, but there was still like a little glimmer of hope. With when you have the MVP on the league of the league on your team, you're always going to have a chance. But without him, they had no shot. And it, you know, Javale McGee gave him a bit of those minutes when he came in, but what it, it lasted like a minute or two, and then reality set in, and the and the Suns just rammed it down their throats. And the Nuggets had no answer offensively, so it was over right then. But to but to end the point, I wouldn't have tossed him, but I could see why the refs did it. I
2: agree with you thousand percent. Um, he didn't mean to hit him in the nose. It was a frustration foul because he felt like he got fouled, but he did hit him in the nose. So um, I don't know if I would have tossed him. Maybe I would have. Either way, I can see why the ref did toss him. Maybe I would have left him in the game. He is the MVP. But um yeah, man. Like I said, it, it it's a very important situation. The series was already decided, so uh one way or another that wouldn't have made a whole bunch of difference.
0: Also, did you see uh. the video of, of Jokic's brothers? They wanted all the smoke with Booker.
2: <laughs> I did. I did see that. And those are some big dudes, man. They're some big dudes.
0: Booker better watch out with in his hotel room and I see four Serbian guys with some bats outside.
2: Oh, no. Four Serbian dudes with light poles. You see how big those dudes are?
0: <laughs> I I don't think that would be a pretty, very pleasant thing, but let's talk about the Suns. The fact that the Suns, they just thoroughly outclassed the Nuggets for four straight games. I had, them, I had the Suns, we didn't discuss this in the pod, but, you know, personally here, before the series, I had the Suns favored to win, but I had them winning in a tough battle because I thought that the Nuggets would put up a better fight, but defensively, they just had no answer for it, for the Suns because they frankly don't have the personnel. And on offense, same thing, lack of personnel to punish Phoenix. The Nuggets were basically praying that the mid-range wouldn't fall for the Suns and, you know, Chris Paul made them pay in that department and made them pay dearly at that. There was a there was a point in the third quarter, I think, of that fourth game, where he just went. It was a mid range bonanza for Chris Paul. He, it was just incredible to watch. And the Nuggets were basically giving it to him because they had to play drop coverage. Because if not he was gonna find Aiton or whoever was cutting to the basket. And if they covered the basket, there there had either Booker or Crowder standing at the corner. They just had no shot. They didn't have an answer. They couldn't they just look outclassed for the entirety of that series. So
2: look, man, the MVP, the MVP showed up in Portland, um against Portland, because I think Portland had a better team once Murray went down. They they were missing the half of their talent base, man. When Murray goes down, who's your second star? Um, and don't get me wrong, MPJ stepped up and then he had the back issues, so that kind of slowed him down. But um, When Murray went down, man, you you just became a less talented team. Portland was a more talented team. Because they had the MVP, they were able to outshine them. And the MVP did what MVPs do. He carried his team. But once they went up against Phoenix, who were clearly the more talented team, you really saw where Murray not being there um was an issue. And I never expected Denver to win that series. I didn't think that Phoenix would sweep them. But um I thought that. You know what I mean? Phoenix would beat them in a few games, let them win one, maybe two, but I didn't
0: think they would sweep them. But I knew Phoenix would beat them. Yeah, but Denver has some interesting questions this coming off season. Bobby Marks tweeted, tweeted this tweeted this out. Michael Porter Jr. is up for an extension, and Aaron Gordon as well. Then you've got a, you got some key free agents. You got. I think it was Monte Morris, Paul Millsap, a bunch of other rotation players that they're that are free agents. They're capped out. Yeah, Jokic is gonna get the bag, and I mean the bag. He's gonna get the largest contract in NBA history because he's eligible for it, and he's gonna ask for it, and he has every right to do so. Absolutely, so, especially after being a second round pick, the forty first overall pick. And he was an nba mvp now that denver nuggets roster is going to get a lot more expensive and that's when you know this is why it's so hard to win because sure you have the stars but it's what's around the margins that make championship teams go what you put around in the margins so, so those rotation players that know the role and excel in it and i don't see a way what- that yeah that was- you were going to say something? Yeah, you win
2: early and late, man. It's hard to win in the middle. (laughs) You know what I mean? You win early on in your star's career because you're not paying them as much, and you win late because it's like, well, either you figured it out to a point where you've trimmed the excess fat and you have enough to attack exactly what you need, or your star has said, okay, I'm going to take a couple mil less this year. I'm going to make 30 mil instead of 33 mil, and you can take that other 12 and give it to somebody but you don't win in the middle because if he's eligible for 40 in the middle, he's going to get all 40. Yeah. Does that make sense? He's going to get more than 40. I think it was outstanding. Oh, no, no, no. I was just just throwing a number out there, but right now, Jokic is in the middle. So he's going to take all of the money because in the beginning of his career, he didn't have a choice. He had to take a little bit of money. And then even with this, uh, let me see. He signed an extension since then. Let's see, let's see. Even if you look at his current deal, that was
0: 2018-19. He got 20, he got 147. Well, that's still quite a lot, but he's going to get north of 200. Probably this offseason, I think, or next offseason. Oh, definitely. I mean, he's an like, unrestricted free agent at
2: 28. He's going, he's, he's going to get the two and then he's going to turn around and get another 180 and 190 when he's 30-something. Because his skill set doesn't... Because his skill set is one of those ones that isn't going to diminish with age. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and his game. You know, he plays it... Right. He's, he's plays in a really... I wouldn't say weird way, but he plays in this very particular manner Where he just doesn't need to be really athletic. He's like flailing around. around, He's like flailing around and somehow he's the best center in the league at that. But listen. He plays, he excels at playing way below the rim. Listen, going back to the Denver Nuggets point about the roster, they, I wouldn't say they're in trouble, but they have some, some major questions to address because Paul Millsap I don't think is coming back. Nope. Monte Morris, you have to try your best to bring him back because he's a very serviceable backup point guard. And then Will Barton too want, is, is a is a free agent. I wanna say they gave Morris an extension. Hold on. I don't think I don't think they did. I think he had a player option. If I'm not mistaken, however, they have a lot of questions to answer. This, this okay. No, they did. They they did give him an extension.
2: They gave him a three-year. Um, it looks like yeah. I thought they I thought they did. Hold on. Yeah, it looks like his upcoming contract extension is a three-year and twenty-seven point seven mil
0: extension with the Nuggets. And that's. Not to mention Aaron Gordon, maybe you make him wait a year for the extension. But that how would that damage your relationship with the with the agent and the player? See, those are some things that you have to walk a tightrope around because you gave up assets to acquire him. And listen, when the, when the team is fully healthy, he fits like a glove. His fit with the with the team is incredible because he gets to eat off those cuts. Where Jokic will always, he will always find you. And his off-the-ball play with Denver has been incredible. Now that he doesn't have to play, this was the first time in his career where he, where he didn't have to play in a in a in a condensed floor because the Magic decided to have three Big Men on at all times for some reason. So yeah, those are some interesting questions for them. Moving on to the Clippers Jazz Series. This series has been fun. Kawhi Leonard. The Clippers are so weird because they, both of their series, they have waited to go down to nothing. And then Kawhi Leonard and Paul George just wake up and destroy teams like we expect them to. Right. That's the craziest thing with those guys, man. But, you know, I, I listen. I have some selfish reasons for for wanting the Jazz to win, particularly because of the agenda. You know the agenda. You know what I'm talking about. Absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) But I wouldn't be surprised if the Clippers win, and if they end up facing the Suns, the Suns might have a matchup problem on their hands. I don't care, man. They don't have anybody
2: to guard CP3, and CP3 should have a agenda of his own against the Clippers. So either way, I think our agenda gets, you know, a shot because I don't think they can beat
0: the Suns. Did Just I imagine that I, I killed that I bury the lead? <laughs> Just imagine <laughs> if on his on a finals run, Chris Paul gets to go against his former team, the LA Clippers. Right. And then gets to go against James Harden and Blake Griffin in the finals. That would be something. It will be the ultimate revenge tour. The Doc Rivers Bowl. Oh, oh, and if he gets to go against Doc Rivers, then that's an interesting subplot as well. No, that would be interesting as well,
2: which takes us to probably one of our final topics. Um, who do you think is going to win the Philadelphia-Atlanta City? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to rush you. Who do you think is going to win
0: between Utah and L.A.? I don't know if you made that play. I want to keep the agenda alive. So I'm picking Jazz and so, Seven. So, so,
2: so you, so you gonna pick with the agenda?
0: Yeah, I'm. A,
2: I want to keep the agenda alive too. I don't know. Either team could win, so I'm gonna go with you and get that good energy. Jazz and Seven. So, Philly and Atlanta.
0: What you think, man? Philly and like Philly. Those easy. That's
2: it's not even a question. Yeah, Philly. I easy. think Philly
0: will figure it out.
2: Just yeah, I think last night. Yeah, last night Atlanta was gifted a game because I'm not sure if the meniscus is an every game thing for Joel now. But the layup he blew last night to tie the game up, like like he said in his post game, man, a hundred times out of a hundred he dunks that and gets the foul call.
0: The the knee thing will obviously listen if they if they go up against Brooklyn or Milwaukee and Joel Embiid and Joel B Embi- is injured, they ha- they don't have a chance because Joel and B- first off the Bucks are a big team they can match up well with the Sixers and then on the other side we got Brooklyn we got ter- a terrific win player in Kevin Durant we have to see what's the status on James Harden and Kyrie-, Kyrie Irving unless listen unless Brooklyn somehow gets past Milwaukee without James Harden and Kyrie Irving we're assume- I'm assuming that James Harden is gonna play the rest of the series against the Bucks albeit at less than one hundred percent, much less than one hundred percent. I am not I I used to make fun of those people that say that tweet out like oh LeBron James was at six was at eighty five percent. Like I don't know how you measure that. Would, it's a mystery to me. But let's let's be let me be one of those people today and say that James Harden plays at 80%. Is that enough to beat Philly? I would think so. Because James Harden is an outstanding player and he's going to get matched up with Ben Simmons. That's. Doug would be stupid if he didn't do that. He tried to get a little bit too cute there at the the beginning of the series, putting Danny Green on Trey Young. Didn't work. So he came to his senses and, you know, didn't have Ben Simmons on Trey Young at all times. Because Trey Young is a master at drawing fouls and you don't want your, one of your best players in foul trouble. That's always a, you know, that's something that I think most people don't realize. You have to walk that rope. You have to walk that tightrope very carefully because yeah, Ben Simmons is one of probably the best, one of the best, if not the best perimeter defender in the league. But he's also a big part of your offense. And if he's, if he's in foul trouble, then what are you going to do you don't have a lot of other playmakers on your on your team that's something that Philadelphia didn't address in the well they addressed it to an extent with the George Hill acquisition but that's why they were they went hard after Kyle Lowry because they needed a secondary ball handler to take pressure off Ben Simmons whenever they they didn't have him on the floor so now the Sixers they staggered him and Thiebaud on, on Young. And it has worked. Sure. Young had a, he had a crazy game last night. He had, what, I think he had 18 assists. It was insane. He also became the youngest
2: player. Stupid like that.
0: He also became the youngest player in NBA history to have a 25 and 15 game in the NBA playoffs. Which, (laughs) listen. This is my final top. I think I'm going to close with this. You can close with whatever you want, but I'm going to close with this. My perception of Trey Young has changed during this playoffs. I didn't like the way he played. In fact, I disliked the way he played, and I still don't love the way he played. But I cannot deny that the man is cold. He showed oh, it. The against man is the cold. I'll give you that. He showed it against the Knicks, and he's showing it against Philly. He's not cooking them like he did the Knicks, but he is showing no back he's not showing no let up and i appreciate yeah, that player. he 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 isn't as soft
2: as people would have you to believe he is i'll give him the respect for that he's not my cup of tea um i don't like his attitude um he ain't he hasn't accomplished anything yet to act the way he does sometimes but 25 18 and 4 25 points 18 dimes and 4 rebounds not bad at all
0: not bad at all so, Not bad at all. With that being said, let's give a final prediction. Who wins the Nets-Bucks series? Uh, Anna, prediction and, and a number? Yeah, let's go you with a prediction, pre- prediction
2: and a number. Prediction? Let me see. We're coming up today, which is Tuesday, June 15th, on Game 5. Uh, I'm
0: going to go Nets and seven. Hmm. I'll go. I'll go Nets in seven as well. The fire. You know what? Gonna... I'm
2: gonna change my. I'm gonna change my prediction.
0: I'm gonna go Nets in six. Oh, I'll still. Stay, I think the Nets are... I'll still stay Nets in seven. I think every home team is gonna win their respective game.
2: Right. I think the Nets are gonna win the night, and I think um, every game James is gonna get a little more comfortable if he can make it through the night. Is definitely in six. So
0: that's the only, that's the baseline. If James Harden makes it through the night, definitely in six. I will say though, to to wrap it up, whoever wins tonight, game six is gonna be a classic, in my opinion. Oh man!
2: Oh my lord!
0: Oh my lord! Either
2: way it goes, game six is gonna be a classic because somebody's either gonna be fighting for their life. No,
0: regardless, somebody's gonna be fighting for their life, and somebody's gonna be trying to close it out.
2: Right, so Game Six is gonna be a classic, followed by another classic, which is Game
0: Seven. Oh, if it goes to a Game oh. Seven, that that's gonna be good. We all love Game Seven, yeah. right? Yeah,
2: we, we do. Particularly we
0: do. the only Game Seven we had, we've had had so far, which was Clippers Mavericks. Turned out to be kind of well. It was entertaining at first, but then the Clippers they just showed their superiority. It was un, it was un, yeah, it was uneventful, man. It was uneventful. They made them look bad. And you know,
2: yeah. It's pretty much broke the Mavericks up according to all reports, but we'll save that for next.
0: Oh yeah. That's that's a big story that came out of the Athletic that there's some dysfunction among the Dallas Mavericks front office. But quickly, I read the article and my main takeaway was Luka's gonna sign the extension because two hundred million dollars is so it's two hundred million
2: dollars. You yeah, it's two hundred
0: million dollars. He's gonna sign the extension,
2: regardless. Um, however, I will say this though: you can't look over the fact that, um, Luca is Luca, meaning he is the face of the league. Um, in the next generation, he's the best player after LeBron. He's the best player not named LeBron
0: James. You know what I mean? For me. Oh, what about you? A- I have him in my top five already.
2: Yeah, I, I do can, too, but I'm I saying... Can't put him past, I'm
0: not, I can't put him past Kawhi or KD or Steph.
2: Right, I'm not saying that right now. I'm saying when you look at face of the league type guys oh, for that next generation, the it's going to be him. You know what I'm saying? It's like, face you know league, it's LeBron. It's I, I, right, and I should have elaborated more because I do apologize. I don't want it to sound like it sounded because you're right. I'm not putting him above those guys right now. What I'm saying is when you look at the face of the league right now, it's LeBron James. When you look at after lebron james who's going to be the face of the league because lebron still has two three four maybe even five years left but after lebron james it's going to be Luca. he's going to be the face so um
0: or power. zion
2: him or zion it's going to be Luca because Luca has the ball more now they're trying to turn zion into a point guard but i don't know how that's going to work and i don't know how long stan van's going to be down there but anyway that's another topic i think it's going to be Luca. um and with that being said, either you can use Zion too. Those guys have power because they are who they are. And with that being said, um, you can't ever discount what their opinion means. So either you're gonna have to fire the guy that he has a problem with, or you're gonna have to move him. Now, if they move him, you'll get a king's ransom. We got his guy down here in Miami, so let's, be, <laughs> let's just hope he let's just hope he's moved too. Then let's start a new agenda, JJ.
0: I think that's a perfect way to end the podcast. We are going to start a new agenda. Let's get Luca to Miami. Luca to Miami. We got we got Heatlifer Goran Dragic with us. If he listen, if <laughs> if that ever happens, your brain build, is about to explode. You couldn't even finish the sentence. If that ever happens, we have to build <laughs> Goran a statue. Give him a stake with the team. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wait a minute. No, they can't give a mistake with the team
2: because then you have a whole Dwayne Wade Utah. City. Anyway, yeah, Now we're going off on a tangent. Um, been a great episode, man. Had some interesting. Yeah, another
0: um, another great episode. So we're gonna wrap it up here because we talked quite a bit about a lot of stuff here. So thank you for listening to the three hundred five culture podcast. Subscribe to our feed wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and TikTok as well at three hundred five culture pod. You can. Also, leave a rev- short review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. We will really appreciate that as it helps the show grow. Let's keep watching the NBA playoffs because this is going to be something. And side note, the Miami Heat will be back. We'll be back. Thank you for listening to the 305 Culture Podcast. Subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at 305CulturePod. Wear your mask, keep your distance, and watch the NBA. See you next week.